0: Uh, my name is Emma Patterson, I'm a senior currently, uh, my pronouns are she, her, and uh, I've been concentrating in medieval art history, some linguistics and literature, and performing arts.
1: For the Sarah Lawrence Library, I'm Tim Cao, and this is the Sarah Lawrence Library Podcast. For today's episode, we're joined by senior Emma Patterson. Before we go any further, I encourage you to give the podcast a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. These reviews are essential in us climbing the podcast ranks and finding our audience. We have one written review at present, and it's a great review from a parent of a new SLC student, and everyone at the library just loved it, so more of that would be great. You can connect with us on social media at SLC Library on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Also remember to visit the library website where you can check your library account, reserve a study room, or book a consultation with one of our research librarians at sarahlawrence.edu library. You can now also reserve time with our sewing machine, our 3D printer, or for podcasting by clicking the Sewing 3D Podcast button in the sidebar on the library's main page. The Sarah Lawrence Student Life Preservation Project is accepting contributions. Visit slcstudentlifeproject.omeca.net for more information. That URL will be in the show notes. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions that you'd rather not share over social media, email me at fkale at lawrence.edu Thank you for joining us on this auditory adventure. We hope this episode finds you well and that you share it with your friends and colleagues. Now, let's begin. You actually have transcribed this podcast, haven't you?
0: I am working on transcribing uh, Lita Canino's interview. You've gotten that far. Uh, that's just the one, oh, but i okay, okay. a good 30, 40 pages into it.
1: I was going to say, that's, uh, that's a tall task. Um, it, I, I adore it though. It's really? so much fun. That's awesome. Uh, what do you like about it? Why is it fun? Um, I,
0: I mean, talking to my own grandmothers is ridiculously interesting. Like my grandmother just tell me about getting the, fr- their first refrigerator installed and like what life was like before that. And things that just my brain can't always remember and i'm like this is really interesting and then i'm thinking about how interesting it is and i can't remember what it was um but transcribing i'm listening to what she's saying and then writing it down and it's embedded in my brain but also just oral histories and the experiences of people older than myself from you know because technology develops so quickly um just you know different times and what what their individual life was like i study history here and medieval stuff and all of that and um just it's the little things like i focus mostly on medieval manuscripts Mm. um that was my freshman year conference i i handmade a medieval 15th century medieval illuminated manuscript That's amazing. it was very fun but uh
1: how did you make that if you don't mind me yeah. asking like what was the process um
0: well my don at the time was philip sobota for my freshman year seminar and um we were taking a class called the disreputable 16th century uh which was very fun and i came to him and I was, i'm like i'm not a huge fan of writing papers can i do a project and he's like okay <laughs> um can I make an illuminated manuscript and teach myself how to do all this stuff? And I get very committed to various projects and will learn everything I have to about them and do them to the best of my ability. So him not knowing my s- skills as an artist or whatever, he was like, we can see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it developed over time and what was practical for a year and, um, and you know, certain allowances were made for you're uh, an 18 year old learning how to do how to make quills and forage in the woods for ingredients for ink, um, and paint, and write uh, gothic minuscule handwriting and all these other things versus monks who spent their whole lives doing it. Um, so you know, certain allowances are made, but uh, I
1: did it as accurately as I could um can this so you said it's an illuminated manuscript yes could you describe what is an, um, an illuminated manuscript um
0: within Christianity which is more of my uh, area of expertise um medieval Christianity specifically and the development of Europe um it is you know, there's various categories of like missiles and other M I S S A L and uh, gospels and other things, but generally an illuminated manuscript. Illumination refers to gold. Um, so historiated initials, which are the big fancy letters, like in Sleeping Beauty, where there's images on the inside and the letters are made out of gold leaf. Because um, in you know candlelight or daylight, it appears to glow. It, 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 it's illuminated. Um, so it's a it's a um, type of, of book that was made as a form of worship um, to like, like churches are a form of worship because they're so depending on the church are massive and beautiful and just the building of the church is an act of worship in, a, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's a book.
1: So how did they? how did you get that idea? Like how does it happen where you, d- you know, you don't want to do a paper, Mm -hmm. You want to do a project Mm because you like projects more. But how did you settle on illuminated manuscript? Um, I
0: watch a lot of YouTube. And that tends to be how I get into things. Um, I follow a lot of historical costumers and people who craft. um, And I saw somebody, um, I think the channel's name is Nerdforge. She decided to just make like a a tome. um, And tea-stained paper and, you know just general bookbinding. And I was like, I want to make a book. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to do this. Cause I saw someone else do it and, and it looked um, like it was a likely project that I could accomplish. And actually, you know, the pandemic's the pandemic, but going home where my dad has all his woodworking tools was very helpful in finishing. And I don't have to worry about being fined for making a mess in the dorm um, or getting OSHA trained because I can, you know, do all this stuff in my own room and work with lead paint and the like without getting in trouble.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the origin of your interest in medieval history? Um, as I've gotten older, I've come to the
0: conclusion that I've inherited my dad's personality and my mother's interests. Mm. And my. Growing up, my mother always had us read like period novels and watch um, period dramas and all of that other stuff. And um, I just... Obviously, you know, historical crafts and my interest in them do not equal historical values. Um, I recognize that there's a lot of uh, gray and bad areas to history, especially in Europe. But um, just the the individual people, not the, you know, the Catholics and Rome and the Pope and uh, Crusades, not my vibe. Mm. Um, just, just, yeah, I, I, my mom and I will watch series called The Secrets of the Castle, where in Gédelon in France right now they're building a 13th century Norman castle the way it would have been built, and my mom and I always say like, I want to do that. I want to leave work and just go work there. <laughs> um, Cause they dress the way they would have dressed in the 13th century and are building the castle as closely as they can to how it would have been built which is experimental archeology span which is something I really want to pursue. Um, and the only modern conveniences are mo- like bolts, metal bolts for scaffolding and hard hats. Other than that, it's all
1: what do you Love think? Opinion. What's what's the value in that? Like in recreating something in the historically accurate way. What what mm-hmm. do you see as the value in that?
0: Um, I think, at at risk of sounding a bit crotchety,
1: um,
0: I, I I think in the modern age there's a lot of consumerism and just dispose of things as soon as they don't work, and um, you know. Accessibility as, aside, like there's some things where you have to just go through whatever financially or whatever any other reason. But if you can, I think it's very important to try and mend things like the hole in my sweater that I, I'm going to darn later. Um, what does darn mean? Darning is weaving thread to, to fix a hole, to patch it. Um, so if there's a hole in my sweater, I'm gonna fix it versus throw away the sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the in, in history up to the 20th century even, it it was very much fabrics incredibly expensive. I do a lot of costuming as well and have a great interest in historical costuming, um, which is my sophomore year conference, but um, the, there's so much like fabrics incredibly expensive and this is, a dress that I'm going to have for the next 40 years of my life. um, And I'm going to take care of it Mm -hmm. uh, versus today, you know, just go through things and toss them out and, you know, thrifting has its problems as well. And there's so much textile waste that like goodwill cannot sell all of it. And the things that get donated are not like some are not possible to sell because they're so deteriorated or whatever. Um, But In history, (laughs) kind of going in circles, um, there's so much emphasis on like save and use everything you can. And costuming is a great example of that. When you see shirts, like men's shirts, are masculine shirts are rectangles and triangles. And when a piece of fabric comes off the loom, it's a rectangle. So you use every single piece of the fabric because it takes so long to make. And there's an appreciation of the value of of things um like with parchment and manuscripts it's it's animal skin and you know there's a debate of par- parchment versus vellum what's what not going to get into that but um it's it's such a precious material and because everything's handmade because you know the industrial revolution isn't around in the middle ages in the same way at least um it's it's it takes so much time to make things and you one has more of an appreciation of like especially in doing it today i i it's so cool to me to be able to step into somebody's shoes and just like oh my god i'm in so much pain cuz i've been binding the book for 12 hours mm-hmm. and i have to like really use my arms and there's no you know machinery to help me and I've now made this thing, and holding it in my hands, it's so satisfying.
1: Um, so you would say th- the con- reconstruction of that castle is, in a way, reasserting the value of conservation.
0: Yeah. And and there's, in, in um, experimental archaeology, there was a thing a couple years ago, and, and I'm not sure what the, the name of them is, but the Easter Island Heads. Um, there was an oral history saying that they walked to where they are currently sitting and archaeologists were like what do they mean by that how because these are massive stones um they're incredibly heavy so how how would they transport them so they said okay here's our information they walked and we have a replica that we've made so they tie rope around the head of it and one goes down the left side, one goes down the right, and people pull alternate, alternating to kind of swing it back and forth. And it, it literally walked. Oh. So you can get that answer by reverse engineering or recreating with the technology you knew, know that they would have had at the time. Um, you can speculate what would have been done.
1: Um, uh, I should mention that the, uh, the motion you just did with your hand brought to life the the mm. action that the head would take. And just to describe that to the listener, you just sort of like walked with your I- index finger and middle finger and sort of like showed a swaying motion um, of like a body walking, uh, which was a great way to visualize it. Why did you choose Sarah Lawrence College? Sarah Lawrence College was actually the only college I applied to. Oh, wow. Um, I applied to ED.
0: And... <laughs> um, a tad superficial initially. I got to campus and I was like, I love the architecture. It's so stunning. Most of it. (laughs) There's some brutalism and others, but that's fine. Um, Tudor revival, I I think is really stunning. Um, It allowed for me, because I have very swaying interests and um, the... The the theater department, the performing arts, was generally why I came here. But I'm like, when I graduated high school, I I wanted to do history and performing arts. And I was like, all right, at a college, they're probably gonna make me do history with a minor in conservation or performing arts with a minor in dance or something. Um, And I didn't want to be restricted in a traditional college education and liberal liberal arts was very um, attractive to me in that way. Um, And once I got here, the conference structure of, like, here's medieval literature. We're talking about Chaucer, but I got to write a conference on the oral traditions of Robin Hood and how his story developed over the past, like, millennia. Um, So uh, the fact that I could talk about anything I wanted to without being restricted to uh a specific like write about restoration in england the english res- restoration which is a you know vaguely interesting to me but it's not like i love Cromwell and i want to write everything about him mm-hmm. um <laughs> so i i could find a nation which i can hyper fixate on it and write 25 pages for something because if i don't enjoy it i be
1: able to make myself do it mm-hmm. so how long have you been working at the library uh
0: i got the job here freshman year um so tw- fall of 2019 Oh wow. um there was a little career thing for freshmen on work study and that that stuff and i was looking at my my slc on my laptop during that and anxious little 18 year old me was like how do i format this email <laughs> and the Guy happened to be the guy who had presented it. I think his name was Nick was just walking by. He's like, Oh, who are you writing the email to? I'm like, Abby. And he says, Oh, tell her I say hi. <laughs> um, so I did. And Abby's like, that's, you got the interview. Cause you said, Nick said, you said, you know, Nick. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've been working here since freshman year and I've greatly enjoyed just investigating the archives and seeing all the the history Mm -hmm. (laughs) i worked at the archives in my high school actually uh it was a it was unpaid it was like a campus service student service thing um where juniors and seniors had to do something for the campus um and (laughs) no one had signed up for archives yet and basically they brought me to this tiny little room in the library and was like Organize that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a pile of papers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what <laughs> What is this? Mm-hmm. There was no archivist. It was just shove papers in there. Um, but now we have an archivist. My high school. My mom still works there, so I am ri- vaguely connected to it. Um, n- now we have an archivist, and it is quickly being organized and evolving, which is nice. So uh, what's been the best part of working at the library? Um... It's very chill. <laughs> not a whole... I mean, the archive specifically, there's no human interaction minus <laughs> Christina, which is great. Um, so I can... And, and a lot of it's scanning, which I'm not complaining about. I enjoy mundane work because I can kind of let my brain go elsewhere and still do it correctly. Um, but the parts that I am able, like, if I have to find this professor's name from this year to this year, uh, it allows me to read through, like, what was going on in 1932? Oh, Martha Graham taught a class um, for for dance and whatever. But just finding out these little uh, tidbits about the school is so interesting to me.
1: You know, you work in the archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of what it goes on in an archive is documenting Mm -hmm. uh, and cataloging the uh, event, the goings on of a particular person in a particular time. Mm -hmm. So this podcast will become a part of the archive. Mm -hmm. So you will become a part of the Sarah Lawrence college archive. So could you walk me through just an average day in your life? Like what goes on from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to sleep? Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: I, uh, am not an athlete, so I don't have to wake up early, but I am a morning person. So I wake up at ideally six. Um, and I've got a couple nine AMs, but six is is good. Cause I don't like rushing in the morning. I've got a morning routine that if I'm relaxed about it lasts like two hours and I, do my hair wash my hair every two weeks so I, I braid it most of the time and have a historical reproduction comb that I <laughs> use that helps clean it um, in the days that I'm not washing it but uh, you know brush my teeth wash my face take a shower put on makeup uh, do my hair stretch I started stretching this year which is so nice would recommend um, and then I go out to class and um, Ideally, I'll get some work done in the morning because I'm not a night person, (laughs) Um, but I'll go out to class. And right now I'm taking stage combat with Broadsword uh, with Sterling, Trevor and Emma and um, Emma Swan, Trevor Swan and Sterling Swan. (laughs) Um, In case someone wants to look that up in the future. (laughs) Um, I am taking what am I taking this year? Uh, I'm taking 2D animation, which is out of the norm for me. I first and last film class <laughs> um, but I, I'm not I enjoy it. I'm doing a lot of drawing. I go to lunch. Um, if I have work that day I'll, I'll come into the archives and work on oral history or uh, transcribing oral histories or scanning or, looking in archivist toolkit which we're trying to transfer away from right now uh and find course books from 1933 to 1938 and scan those and we're working on the digital archives right now so adding to that um and then yeah i I prefer to eat at bates typically and i am i am a three meals a day person i eat breakfast there and all of that um bring my own chocolate chips because they stopped serving them for the waffles (laughs) um but yeah go to go to Bates finish my day which last semester I took a class with Eileen Chang um called Game in the Past where we did uh we were assigned it's kind of like historical D&D like loosely um assigned a Cara, uh, person from history, so let's say the American Revolution, I was assigned this former privateer named Isaac Sears, who was a real person around the, uh, around New York. And uh, we go through the major events of the beginning of the American Revolution and represent our characters' views. And you know, at one point we were writing a paper a week, so it was a lot of, and I enjoyed it immensely. I wanna do um, historical reenactment, if I can make a job out of that. Um, but it, it was so much fun, It was so much work. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really, really, uh, satisfying to just come in knowing what I'm talking about.
1: Around what time do you go to yes. bed? Um,
0: for me, ideally I'll go to bed around 1030. Um, and you know, if I've gotten all my work done. This semester is a little lighter than last semester cause I had... A weekly animation due and my papers for uh, my history class. But this semester, I've got a lecture and 2D animation. Um, so, you know, ideally, I go to bed t- 10, 30, 11. Um, get a good, however many hours that is between 10:30 <laughs> and six. Um, but you know, take my hair down, braid it, wash my face, watch a little YouTube before I go to bed, and you know, conk out.
1: All right. Thank you. Um, what's something you're passionate about right now? Uh, any... any, In regards to anything? Could be anything. Uh, like, just what's a thing in your life right now that you're really passionate about? Uh, f- um,
0: I mean, usually... Yeah, usually I'll, I'll jump from topic to topic. Within the realm of history, right now, I... I'm passionate about historical costuming. Um, it's kind of, I've kind of been on that run since uh, sophomore year with David Castriota's seminar called The Birth of Medieval Europe. I, this was over the pandemic, so I was at home and I handmade a 10th century Viking dress uh, and taught myself how to tablet weave and how to leather work and make shoes and how to dye fabric with a plant called woad and hand sew and draft patterns. And um, so similar to the book, it was just appreciation of like the work that goes into making things from history and using the information that we have, cause you know, linen and wool are natural materials that decompose. Using the information that we have and what's left to infer as to what something might've looked like. Um, but yeah, historical hostuming, stays, corsets, all of that are terribly interesting to me Mm. um and the people who wore them um shakespeare i adore shakespeare and of course i recognize that there are other non-western playwrights that are equally as as skilled and talented but just he happens to be within the period that i'm interested in Mm i i mean it's a recording of a staged production but my favorite comedy is twelfth night Mm -hmm. and um the Stephen fry and mark rylance production from 2012 okay it was really cool because it was an all male production. they did it as, as historically accurate as they could so all male production uh period accurate costumes mark rylance played olivia and was sewn into his dress every night um they had wigs that are made in the way that they would have been made so it was again experimental archaeology within a theatrical performance and it was very well done and they did it as closely as they could to like, oh, during the intermission, there's a song and they sing, I'll Robin. And then afterwards they you know have the bows and stuff, but um, it that was very good. Yeah. I would recommend watching that. The Globe uh, Theater has a kind of streaming service so you can watch that. Um, Ian McKellen in King Lear. I was incredibly privileged to see that mm. in London in 2018. There was a production in New York with a director whose name, her first name is Sam <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, that I had problems with of, of King Lear. Um, and I really enjoy doing theatrical criticism. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my top three favorites are King Lear, Macbeth, and then for comedy would be Twelfth Night. Okay. At present, yes. is life calm
1: or, cha- or is it chaotic?
0: I enjoyed last semester because I got into quite a routine, uh, despite writing papers all the time, uh, which I'm not complaining about at present. I'm thinking about graduating and what job I'm going to get. And, you know, I'm pretty like, I have dream jobs and things that I'd really like to do, but I'm not going to be picky about it. I just want an income, (laughs) um, And thankfully, I have a good relationship with my parents, and my parents are comfortable, so I can stay with them, need be. Um, uh, So there's, you know, career stuff that I'm thinking about, graduation stuff, uh, friendships and relationships with other students that just are taking up a lot of my time that I have to think about. Um, But I, compared to high school and freshman year, I'm very comfortable with where i am right now thankfully
1: do you mind if i ask when you were born i was born may 11th 2001 2001 yep oh my god <laughs> so how old so how old does that make you i'm 21 you're 21 yep. okay uh that makes sense you're a senior um yep. so i ask because i'm curious what's something people <laughs> m- misunderstand about your generation I don't think I'm the best representative of my generation <laughs> <laughs>
0: considering how invested I am in history. And I'm not saying I'm an anomaly, but uh, I don't know if there's assumptions about like TikTok and influencers and you know, I'm not saying that they don't exist or, or aren't problems, but uh, you know, there's the whole like intergenerational, like, Oh, you guys suck. No, you guys suck. <laughs> yes. Boomers versus millennials and millennials versus Gen Z. And it's like, we're all on this planet can we can we just be nice to each Mm -hmm. (laughs) other um and respect people's right to exist and be alive
1: how would you like to be remembered (laughs) (laughs) you you (laughs) made a funny noise um (laughs) it's a big question Um, It it is a big question
0: i graduating high school i had been really, really enjoying being in theater and um, performing, and I, you know, I think a lot of young people are like, "I'm gonna be famous," blah 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 blah, and over the past, the past what, three, four years, which, I I have done so much work on myself, um, just because I I, up until last year, I didn't have really many friends at all. And it gave me a lot of time on my own to reflect and just be like, mm, yeah, this is who I am and I'm comfortable alone and I'd love to have people in my life, but whatever. Um, and not to dismiss the friends that I have now, I am incredibly grateful for their presence in my lives. It's just like, it's the first time that I've had people be like, had people in my life who I've thought, yeah, they care about my existence. <laughs> and, um, you know, with obviously, my family aside, but friends. Um, how would I like to be remembered, A- again, has, has kind of mi- like become smaller as I've cr- grown in the past few years of like, I don't really care about being famous and leaving my mark on the world, and that's my own personal opinion, if you want to go off, <laughs> enjoy that. Um, but I mean, my goal for my life is to, you know, live quietly and comfortably in a little cottage in Scotland. <laughs> um, and being remembered, I just want to, you know, be remembered as someone who, who cared about others. Um, I I want to help people and, you know, as much as I am an introvert and like sitting in a little quiet corner and doing art, um i i care about my friends immensely and my family and i don't know someone will find my illuminated manuscript one day and be like wow this looks like but (laughs) you know that's cool (laughs) the (laughs) 18 year old made that um i i if if i go into something akin to experimental archaeology there will probably be papers that i'll write talking about hypotheses of this was made this way um and, you know, 40 years from now, someone's going to be like, that's wrong. <laughs> th- that didn't happen, but nice try. <laughs> um, I, yeah, my, my, my view of that is quite small. And I just, I, I don't mind not being remembered. Because, um, you know, there's 8 billion people in the world. And th- the Earth, in comparison to the Milky Way, is puny. And the Milky Way, in comparison to the rest of the universe, is puny. Um, and it's not to be nihilistic in that nothing matters. Um, cause we're quite small, <laughs> but, uh, it, it gives me personally some perspective of like, enjoy it. Don't, you know, run around doing crimes and stuff, but like just, it, I, I'm living my life for myself. Um, and you know, helping others and being there for others, et cetera. But, um, at the end of the day, I don't have to impress anybody else. I don't have to prove myself. Th- thankfully, that is the environment that I've grown up in and that I don't have to compete, But, um, and that's my mindset. But yeah, I, I am comfortable just living my life and being a couple signatures and some documents of, of ownership at some point, of like house deeds and whatever, and someone would be like, Oh, this is a, someone named Emma Patterson from 2034 bought a house. Um, <laughs> unlikely in this economy, <laughs> but um, and then you know, 10 just be this yellow, yellowing paper and tucked away in a file. And that's yeah, that, that's what happens to most people, I feel like. Um, going to graveyards is very interesting to me. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the difference between cemetery and graveyard, which I do know. I think cemetery is attached to a church and a graveyard is not. Interesting. It could be the other way around, but one or the other. Um, and I never, I I never knew that. Thank thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, another tidbit from people I follow (laughs) (laughs) talking about graves. Yeah. Um, I, I follow this guy on Instagram. I think he's called Andy the Highlander. Um, and he wears a great kilt, which is like the one that wraps over the shoulder. That's I'm Scottish. I, I love Scotland. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am learning to speak Scottish Gaelic at the moment. Oh, wow. But that's a whole other thing. Um, and he was walking around this graveyard after the Battle of Culloden, which is in 1745, if anyone's seen Outlander, um, where the scottish were defeated by the english um brutally and what followed the battle um for independence was if i'm remembering correctly um was the dress acts where wearing tartan and highland dress was outlawed you were not allowed to speak gallic or carry weapons in scotland um so the death of the highland culture and it still exists but like tar- kilts and tartan are quite um ceremonial versus daily wear now mm-hmm. and this the speaking of of gallic scottish Gaelic, and another fact gaelic and gallic are different languages mm. gaelic is irish and gallic is scottish mm. um <laughs> i will uh die on the hill that they're different languages uh unlike one of my professors <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that he was Andy the highlander was talking about um after the battle when, I'm going to get a little dark here, um, when Scotsmen who had fought against England were being executed by by gunfire, um, they were leaned up against one of these headstones, and you know, f- 10, 15 feet away, there was a little groove in another headstone that they'd rest the musket on to execute these individuals. And it's those little details of, like, something happened here. There were people here. um, Great suffering was here. Um, These headstones have seen more than maybe the people who are buried underneath them have seen. Um, And I'm kind of getting sidetracked, but I went to Pompeii a couple years ago and I was sick as a dog. (laughs) Not a great traveler. Um, But we were walking around. Should, Should I... No, you're okay. good. <laughs> um, we were we were walking around on this tour and I was kind of like passed out. But uh, we, the, the Pompeii, in, the Romans had um, like stepping stones as a crosswalk. Um, so there's the sidewalk and then there's a kind of deeper road and then it goes back to the sidewalk. And because the road was full of, you know, nasty stuff because people empty things in the street, um, there were raised stones, um, kind of like, stepping across a stream, like you could step on that and not have to get your feet dirty. And, um, between those raised stones, there was a groove in the road, like a deep, maybe four, five inches across deep groove. And that was where, um, you know, wagons and chariots had passed in the same spot day on a daily basis and just worn the road away. And more than anything else than the mosaics and the frescoes and, you know, the fountains, whatever, that was what kind of blew my mind of there were, there was life here. There's people here and uh, it was very cool. So, um, I, you know, being a history nerd love imagining the little things and, and thinking like I went to the Met last weekend and, um, was looking at these. I think they were frescoes made out of plaster, and they said their thumbprints are preserved, of because you have to work quite quickly before it dries to sculpt. Um, and the tiny remnants of just a person who made something, who left something behind. I, I think, I think that's really cool. And if someone, you know, centuries in the future, if <laughs> if the planet still exists, um, given the way climate change is going. Um, you know, someone distant in the future just sees something I've made and it's like, wow, there was a, an individual and, and is able to conceptualize that people hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago existed and had their own you know, daily lives and milling about. Um, I think that would be cool, even if my name disappears.
1: <laughs> so. Well, that's great. Um, and here's my final question. What, what plans, if any, do you have for after graduation? I, I, mentioned that I wanna go
0: into historical reenactment, um, which, uh, unsurprisingly follows my interests of, um, talking about history and bringing it to the present. Because if we don't, of course, we are doomed to repeat it. Um, and I think there is value in discussing, uh, more than just the West, but, you know, the West has been pretty, good at colonizing the rest of the planet so um talking about like colonization and and the effects that it had and um colonial williamsburg which i have heard called the conservatives disney world um it's actually doing an incredible job at representing all parts of history they have indigenous interpreters and um, black interpreters talking about more than just, ooh, pretty white people in Georgian Rococo dress, blah, 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 blah. Um, like, no, it was so much more than that. And all of the wealth, all of the wealth came from the slave trade. Um, so it it talks about history in a way like, this is our country. And knowing, starting a discussion about the the roots of the United States and Ideally, I'd like to do reenactment in the UK, but um, again, t- starting a discussion about like where this came from and the hypocrisy of the revolution of like we don't want to be um, living under this empire anymore that's oppressing us. Meanwhile, uh, the revolutionaries were like, "Hey, enslaved people, come help us!" But we're still going to enslave you. <laughs> like, help us, help us be free. Help the white people be free, mm-hmm. while we continue to exploit you. Um, and just do really atrocious things. But Colonial um, Williamsburg does quite a good job of talking about all of that and bringing all of it into the view. And they don't call Founding Fathers Founding Fathers because that contributes to American mythology, uh, which there's a very interesting video that I'd love to recommend called um, American Mythology and the Simpsons or something. Mm. This guy talks about that episode, I think it's called Iconoclast. Um, where I don't watch the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> the daughter, Lisa, Lisa, thank you. Um, here there's an S in there. Uh, finds out that the founder of their town is not who they thought he was yes, and wants yes. to tell everybody. Yep. And then, yeah. So he, he,
1: the, I watch a lot of video essays. Um, <laughs>
0: I could have I have several
1: recommendations, but um, (laughs) well, what you could what would be great is if in an email, if Mm -hmm. you could give send me an email Mm -hmm. with links to anything you recommend. um, Yeah, maybe keep it to like five things. (laughs) Okay, okay, (laughs) and then I'll put those links in Mm -hmm. the show notes of this episode, Mm -hmm. so people will be able to find the links Mm -hmm. in the description of Mm -hmm. this episode.
0: Um, But they they Colonial Williamsburg calls quote unquote the founding fathers nation builders because it's more than just men and also the Founding Fathers raises them up on this pedestal that's like, they can do no wrong. It's like, no, these were deeply flawed people. Um, Yeah, it's a very neutral approach in that we're going to represent history um, and all of its facets, Um, which I think not only giving the people of the past a voice, but representing the past in its good and bad parts to people is incredibly important in just like, you're not, again, you're not the main character and there is, you know, thousands and thousands of years of, of past where, you know, billions and billions of people have existed before you and all of their lives have contributed to what's happening today. Um, So, you know, give the people of the past a voice and bring into people of today's minds bring in bring them into our minds today and just have a i don't know a little more thought of like what what has influenced what's happening today whether it's media from the 1930s and 40s or um policies from the 1900s the 1800s that have the 19th century (laughs) um that have that still impact us negatively today um, and just give a little more like wider periphery and scope of recognizing that there isn't just this laser pointed tunnel vision on politics right now, because there is a past and a foundation to that that I think is important to get a full view of what's happening. So
1: what are you going to do after we're done talking?
0: What <laughs> am I gonna, I'm going to go downstairs and work in oh, okay. the archives. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh,
1: this, this was during your work? I didn't know.
0: No, uh, Christina said it was okay.
1: Okay, I, I cool. emailed her. And I'm like,
0: can I sign up during work? And she's like, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, Emma, this has been a delightful conversation. Awesome. Um, you are, as I said, you've you've got a clearly a good head on your shoulders. <laughs> like, I do try. Uh, you really do. Uh, you're very intelligent, and uh, like, I could listen to you talk about history like Oph- all day. I would love to so talk about it. Yeah, just I, I I hope that's where you find yourself in the I years hope ahead. So too. Do, uh, just you have a clear passion with history that is uh, enviable. It's awesome. So best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thus concludes this episode of the Sarah Lawrence Library Podcast. If you would like more from the LC Library Podcast, then go back and listen to my other chats with staff and students to tide you over until next week's episode. Remember to give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at SLC Library on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And visit the library website where you can check your library account, reserve a study room, or book a consultation with one of our research librarians at saralawrenceedu slash library. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, email me at fkail at Music by Owen Anderson. Thank you for sharing your time with us. We look forward to doing it again next week.